Save big on your Memorial Day barbecue, all in the Kroger app. Get three-pound rolls of juicy 80% lean ground beef for $3.49 a pound with a digital coupon. Then get select varieties of flavorful Powerade, Body Armor Super Drink, or Arizona Tea for 77 cents each, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. And he swings, hits it high, and deep, and gone! Still going back! Yeah! Out of here! Welcome to the big leagues! Deep to center field, and it is gone! Wow, his first big league swing is going to be a grand slam home run. Swing and drive! Mountain right! Welcome to the show! Welcome back to The Call-Up. It is Tuesday, September 20th. We're talking prospects. We're talking Arizona Fall League. Those rosters are out, Jack. And you and I are really excited about this because I know we were expecting a lot of talent but I think it's even more talent than we thought we would get here. So really excited to break down all of the top prospects headed over to this Arizona fall league. And then maybe a couple other housekeeping notes as a really exciting prospect is joining you in Indy. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. Um, real quick on the fall league, like this is going to be a very solid Arizona fall league. Like if, if you can catch any of this month of baseball, whether it be on MLB network or MLB.tv or anything, Highly recommend you do so because there's more talent out here than what recent years. Right. And that could be because of guys missing time. That could be because of the big names coming into the year that we thought were going to take a leap. Didn't necessarily take the leap that we were expecting them to. And then maybe validating some breakouts as well. A la Matt Mervis, who's going to the fall league, who would have thought that Mervis would have the 2022 that he had but also get an invite to the fall league here. So the, it's it's kind of weird. The funny thing about Mervis, and we'll get into it, is that, you know, going into the year, we would have thought he he was not enough of a, a prospect to go to the fall league. Yeah. Now we think he's too good of a prospect to go to the fall league, and, and maybe he, he shouldn't even go there. Uh, so it's funny how much it can change in a year. And, and honestly, the fall league in itself, it, it's more of like, an opportunity. I think the closest thing you can compare it to is like the NBA summer league, but I think you see more relevant players for the most part getting consistent, you know, reps out there. It's like you said, an opportunity to, you know, get these guys reps that may have missed a lot of time or guys that, you know, maybe you want to see, get a better idea of where you want to start them next year. Uh, just to get more of an idea of where they're at against maybe older competition. But for the most part, it's guys that are in the upper minors that are trying to either make up for lost time or just get more reps. And that's why I'm really excited about a lot of these dudes that are going to go out there and uh, whether they are former top prospects trying to regain, you know, some of that status and regain some of the production that they've been able to put up in the past and, or, you know, some younger guys miss time, Let's make up for lost time and have some momentum rolling into next year. And there's a lot of guys that fit that bucket. Real quick before we dive head first into the fall league, Andy Rodriguez joining you in Indy. Um, yep. Talk about another guy who a little bit different. We 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 liked him a lot heading into this year, but again, not nowhere near the level of of which he has performed this year. I, I don't think anybody would have thought that he'd be in our top fifty in our top one hundred update, and uh, you know, be this this just consensus. I don't know if he's consensus top 100 yet, but he, he should be 
but just to be one of the best offensive prospects in baseball while also catching and playing other positions inside of the field. I think he's been MILB's most interesting prospect this year. Uh, and I don't think it would be crazy to say that at all. No, I don't think so. Um, he's ninth in all of full season minor league ball and OPS so far this year. It goes Vaughn Brown, Kyle Manzardo, Corbin Carroll, Kerry Carpenter, Estuary Ruiz, who we've talked about a lot. Moises Gomez, who came out of nowhere, right, for St. Louis, hit a billion homers right away. Nico Cavadas, who is like 29 years old, yeah. playing in low A, really weird. Winton Bernard, who, great story. And then Andy Rodriguez. He's right ahead of Matt Mervis. He's ahead of Logan O'Hoppy. He's ahead of Matt Walner. I mean, Andy has been one of the top 10 offensive performers in minor league baseball this year, which is crazy for a 22 year old. And I'm really excited to have a front row seat to it for the next week and a half. We're also going to have Quinn Priester. Yeah. Uh, we're going to have Gorski, Triolo, but Triolo's hurt. Aaron Shackelford, who hit a bunch of homers for Altoona. Um, Colin Selby, who I don't know much about. Uh, and then I think that might be it. I'm excited to tune in, man. And and it's it's going to be a lot of fun, I think, to just have this little influx of talent uh, at the end of the year and get a little bit of a taste of you know, what you're going to see from some of these players next year, potentially as well, uh, which is great for these guys to get a bit of an, an opportunity to get acclimated to AAA, which should be extremely helpful for their development. Last thing I want to say on Endy is, you know, all the guys that you mentioned are either 30 year old or older guys at young lower levels or, you know, Winton Bernard in Albuquerque uh, or just corner mashers, you know. Uh, he, Andy Rodriguez, I think is the only switch hitter of all the names you just mentioned. And also yeah. is the only catcher and also is probably the only 22 year old playing in the upper level. So, I mean, he is really, really unique and definitely a name to follow, follow along with Jack in Indy on MILB TV. If you have that subscription, the, uh, there are three qualified hitters in minor league baseball that are switch hitters with an OPS over 903. Wencio Perez had a 903 OPS. Okay. Um, Ellie De La Cruz yeah. at 9:45. Edgar Caro, Angels, Loe. Oh in the yeah, 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 yeah. Edgar Caro uh, in how many games is this? Caro in 111 games at a 9.65 OPS. But Andy Rodriguez, a 9.86 OPS, led switch hitters by a country mile. So he and Ellie were the two best switch hitters in yeah. minor league baseball this year. Pretty awesome. Pretty, pretty yeah. freaking awesome. Two prospects that I think are going to um, make quite the impact at the big league level. So we're going to go team by team and major league team by major league team here. You know, we're, we're going to try to list all the names, try to talk about as many of these guys as we can. But, you know, mostly we're going to stick to guys top 100 and then probably top 10 to 15 prospects for their respective teams. Uh, we'll start with the Blue Jays and, you know, all of their players will be going to Salt River. Uh, the Blue Jays system is is kind of a far cry from what it used to be. Uh, they are not sending Orelvis Martinez there. They are not sending some of their other higher regarded prospects there, but they are sending Addison Barger, who had a very solid year, interested to see how he does against some of that older competition. They're sending Tanner Morris, who's more one of the more highly regarded infield prospects in their system. Zach Britton is, is a guy that can swing it a little bit interested to see how he does out there. He's shown flashes. And then some of the pitcher names that I'm not too familiar with Hagen Danner, Hunter Gregory, and Anders Tolhurst. We don't have too much to, to talk about here. Uh, I think, did you pull up Addison Barger's stats? That's a guy that I think is a very under the radar prospect that could be uh, somebody that starts to get on the radars more with how he performs when not much else baseball is going on. Uh, Addison Barger's had a nice year for the Blue Jays. 
Yeah, I didn't pull up Addison Barger's stats. What I did pull up is a Salt River's Rafter, Salt River Rafters hat that I want you to buy me. Okay. Because the Salt River Rafters, I think, have the most talented roster in the Arizona Fall League. And I decided that I am a Rafters fan right now. Wow. Okay. So bandwagon joining. I, I got to pick my Fall League team too. I'm going to pick it once we flesh through all these rosters, but I'll get you that hat and maybe I can get Addison Barger to, to even sign it for you because he had a great year. Between high A and double A this season, Barger, a guy that was selected in the sixth round out of high school in Tampa in 2018, yeah. still just 22 years old between the two levels this year, 305, 374, 546. That's a 919 OPS, Jack. 23 homers. Strikeouts are respectable. Uh, I'm interested to see how this guy does. He's probably one of the younger players that are going to be out there. So it's going to be fun to see how Barger is able to acclimate to some of these triple-A arms, maybe some of these more advanced arms, because he had a wonderful season uh, between high-A and double-A, Vancouver and New Hampshire for uh, this Blue Jays organization. Yeah, and he may strike out a bit more than you want him to. I think that's maybe the thing that jumps out here at K-rate around 25% for a guy that's six foot, a buck 75. So you want that uh, a little bit lower than where it is but he lifts the ball a good bit in double a this year 44 percent fly ball rate so he's not necessarily putting the ball on the ground all the time yeah. he's power that can lift so that is very encouraging we'll see what he does in dry air in arizona we know it's very hitter friendly out there for the fall league so you know maybe he rides that and maybe this is that month of momentum that guys can use and and thrive with absolutely and it's an opportunity also we talk about you know I talked to some guys that were out there last year, just being around so many talented prospects. You just kind of like the Cape, you get to bounce things off of your peers. You get to, you just learn from some of the other talented prospects that maybe are a little bit further in their development, or have had some of the same issues that you, that, that you have had uh, and can talk about swings, mechanics, whatever it may be. Uh, and, and that's something that for the younger guys definitely helps. Someone I'm extremely excited to see, and, and I'm just happy to see him back on the baseball field as we talk about the Baltimore Orioles is Heston Kerstad. He's yes. headed out there. We'll get into Kerstad in a minute, but also Cesar Prieto, who's who's a pretty well-regarded prospect in their system infielder, and then a, a handful of arms I'm not totally familiar with. I think you got Noah Denoyer, Nolan Hoffman, Easton Lucas, I do recognize. He was yep. traded for Jonathan VR, um, which is very funny. Uh, that was from between the Marlins and the Orioles. Then Nick Richmond and Reed Trimble, I am familiar with as well. Uh, but let's focus on Kerstad here. Because Kerstad, I'm just so happy this man is healthy and and able to to perform after dealing with myocarditis that, you know, there's varying severities of it. I don't know how severe his was, but I would say that it was not on the lower end of the spectrum because it was a long time where we did not see him uh, even hitting. And it was a very emotional uh, time when we saw him even just post the the video of him taking batting practice. And you could tell how much of a, of a victory that was for him. Well, now he's back. Look, it was not the best season ever, but he played. And I think that was the most important thing. High A, he's got some making up to do in time in regards to time. He's 23 years old, be 24 by next season. Numbers weren't great in high A, but I chalked this year up. I don't care about the numbers. He was healthy. But now I'm going to look at this at this Arizona Fall League now. You, you got an opportunity to kind of get your feet under you. How are you going to do here? And, and what does Heston Kerstad look like as a prospect? Remember, this was the number two overall pick in 2020's draft. Yeah, and he made low A his bitch. <laughs> like he had a 229 WRC plus in 22 games in low A. So obviously he came back and he was just ready to start swinging. 
and he was incredible against inferior pitching. He got to a level where he's probably better than, like if he doesn't miss any time at all, he's probably on the Kowser trajectory, right? Where he's Mm -hmm. double flirting with triple uh, and maybe struggling a little bit in triple. But Kerstad, we'll see what the Fall League does for him. I think he should open next year in high A and quickly make the jump to double if he is successful. But I think that's dependent on on the Fall League performance, I would say largely. Yeah. If he really struggles in the fall league, I, I think it's, you know, starting high A and see how much time you need. Um, but if he's incredible for this month and he, and he comes back and gets some good big league spring training at bats, uh, maybe put him in buoy off the top of next year. So we'll see. Obviously, the road, the ETA, the goalposts have been moved a little bit for Heston yeah. Kerstad, but you hope not by much. And the yeah. fall league yeah. can help with that. Absolutely. And, and you know, I, I think he he finished strong to the season there, which is super encouraging, you know, last 15 games, everything kind of ticked up a little bit. Uh, wasn't striking out as much, putting the ball in play. The power is not totally back. That's something that I think will take some time, obviously. Uh, but Kersad held his own. And I think it's really important to just build off of that. Remember, this was his first professional stint. Uh, so yes, he's 23, but you also have to look at development age too. And he's extremely young in that department. Uh, Cesar Prieto is, is, a prospect to watch. I mean, I think that's somebody that you know they they want to see how he performs because he did great in high A, then fell off big time in double. Uh, this is an opportunity to just kind of get back to where you were in high A, figure out what was wrong. Because it was a very dramatic drop off. And I know it's a big leap, but we're talking 340, 381, 619 slash line in those 25 games. He homered seven times. Then he goes up to double A for 90 games and slashes 255, 296, 348. So just a classic guy that finished, maybe was rushed to double A. I can understand why they rushed him when you hit seven home runs in 25 games and strike out 15% of the time. Uh, but obviously really struggled with that adjustment. So this is a perfect candidate as well to, to get some more reps there uh, at the, you know, I would say adjacent to double A level. You think the fall league is adjacent to double A? Depends. <laughs> it really depends. I, I'd I say... Think- it, there, there's there's more of a fall off, but I would say you're going to face some arms that are better than double. You're going to face some arms that are worse than double. And it kind of just averages out to double a competition. I th- I think roughly. Yeah. I think it's so hard because like you've got a, a crop of apples and a crop of oranges and you're trying to like push them all together and see what it creates. Correct. Uh, like Tink Hens and Matt Mervis are in the same league. <laughs> yeah, it's exactly. Really exactly. weird. Really yeah. weird. No, so, and even weirder than that. I mean, we could probably even find an even weirder example of that. I mean, we had we had Lars Newbar out there last year, and, and I mean, dude, we've got JB Bukowskis out here this year. Yeah, yeah, which which is kind of fits the the whole the whole narrative that we're pushing here. And uh, you know, I think also classic Arm Jack thing that I, I'm noticing as we go into this. Guess what? We'll probably split this into two: American League and yeah. the National League, so we can give these guys enough time. Uh, we'll do American League in this episode, and then National League in, in, in tomorrow's episode. Sorry about that, but I, if you listen to this podcast, I feel like you're just used to us doing that. Um, we're, we're just we mislead you. We're we're liars. We just try to reel you in in the beginning of the episode, and then and then just kind of change the plan as we go, I guess. Yeah. It's, it's okay though, because I'm super hot. So people oh, are yeah. right with that. If they're watching on YouTube, no, well, they're not. The <laughs> <laughs> they are clicking. Um, 
after reading the title. So I think they know that we're talking about American League teams. They are. They are. I, they I am going to adjust and, the title. I am going to. So yeah, exactly. So it, you know what? If, if they try and believe you off the top, just a precursor for any other call up episode you listen to. Don't believe anything Aram says off the top. Trust like, the title. <laughs> trust, trust the title. title. Trust the, the title. The episode, the beginning of the episode is the first step in a journey that I don't know where I'm going to go, especially when I record alone and I end up changing the the topic of the episode as I go. But I think some yeah. people like that. I think that's why we got some people signed up here uh, listening and we appreciate you very much. Uh, let's get to the Rays because they're yeah. kind of funny, Jack. Um, Sandy Gaston is going out there who's still in their top 30 by MLB pipeline, which is crazy. I'll tell my Sandy Gaston story, Mason hour as well, Blake hunt, which yeah. man, it was a rough year for Blake hunt, uh, Alex Ayala jr. Tanner Murray, who I think is an interesting arm. And then also, or excuse me, an interesting bat. And then you also got Evan Ryford, uh, as well. What are we thinking here? Uh, anyone that stands out to you, the Rays are not really sending any of their blue chippers, so to speak, but they are still sending some interesting prospects with upside. Uh, Sandy Gaston meets that criteria. He was one of the top international free agents. Marlins had a deal locked up with him. He tested positive for PEDs allegedly, and they kind of pulled their deal back. He went to the Rays. Gaston's got some of the worst command issues uh, I've seen in the minors, unfortunately, but the stuff is crazy. Watched him in person. Uh, fastball was jumping, but it was also jumping out of the strike zone. So this is your classic work on the command kind of guy out there. Interested to see how, how things go for him. Yeah, I've got no idea how it's going to go for him. And and he is honestly 101. Where is it going to go? We have we have no clue where it's going. And Sandy Gaston, this name has been around for so long. For so long, he's dude. He's 20 years old, it's dude. It's crazy. Like, he still has an ETA at 2024, which, which makes a lot of sense for a 20-year-old here. So he's probably the most interesting name. I wouldn't consider Blake Hunt an interesting name, but Blake Hunt's career arc has been really interesting. And the big question is, where does he fit in? Obviously, Tampa likes what they have in Francisco Mejia. I think Mejia might be the catcher of the future for the Tampa Bay Rays. But then you're also looking at a guy who they just drafted in Dominic Keegan, right? He was, you know, a, a draft pick at a Vandy, if yeah. I'm not mistaken. Keegan yeah, and there, I don't know so. if he sticks behind the I don't know what the deal is there, but. I have no idea. Like Blake Hunt dropped out of the top 30 and, and he was part of that Mike Clevenger deal. I want to say with Cantillo. And, and I liked him then. I did. I really liked him. I underestimated the whiff because all of the, yeah. he handles the staff really well. Everything I've heard from the pitching side, uh, pitchers like to work with him. Uh, he's a great defender. He's got big raw power. We love to compare every catcher with that mold to Mike Zanino, but there's that legitimate hope that he could be that. But the whiff rates have just been off the charts, and that's the problem right now for him. Yeah, I, I think best case scenario is he's a backup catcher at the major league level. He's mm -hmm. a defense first catcher, similar to the role that Jason DeLay has carved out this yeah. year with Pittsburgh, if you've mm -hmm. been paying any attention to the Pirates this year. But DeLay was a guy that they were not expecting to hit at all. And he's given them a little bit of offense. And that has made him a better starting catcher option than Tyler Heineman. So, you know, really interesting, like how that all kind of worked out. And I feel like that is the Blake Hunt trajectory where he's always going to be the surefire low heart rate guy in AAA. And if Mejia goes down or if Zanino goes down, then Blake Hunt is the guy to come up for three, four, five games and then head right back to the taxi squad or to totally. Durham. 
And this is kind of an opportunity for them to see, you know, how to handle that moving forward. Because if, if something clicks for him and he, and he starts hitting at a decent level, I know it's hitter friendly out there, but you you have some pause and say maybe he doesn't need to be much. He needs to be two twenty. He needs to be two twenty. Not top even 10 on the top one hundred. If he <laughs> hits, if he hits eight hundred with thirty homers this month, yeah, he might be top twenty. He on the could. Top he could. Well, here's the here's a realistic like if it all clicks, <laughs> could be crazy. Is Sandy Gaston? He topped to yeah. one hundred two this year. Yeah. Um, I mean, it, the fastball jumps, the slider is a hammer. Uh, he has no clue where it's going, but those two pitches with, with the quality of stuff he has, I mean, how big he is easily could be a really good reliever. And if this guy has several years to just figure out how to be a reliever, I think he can. And I'm interested to see what kind of mechanical tweaks in the right organization. I'm sure he'll be experimenting a little bit in the fall league, low pressure environment. Very interested to see how he looks out there and, and how he progresses. The Red Sox are a yes. fun one. And also I want to mention Tanner Murray, very solid bat could be a utility piece. They're kind of figuring out whether to restart him in high a or assign him to double gotcha. Red Sox. Um, they are the perfect like case study of what we were talking about. Cause they have everyone that kind of hits on each of the, the criteria of the fall league prospects that we we've talked about here, Nick York banged up someone I've really liked for, for a long time with the bat, yeah. uh, very high on his bat and man, he's fallen flat on his face this year. I will say injuries have, have definitely hampered things for him. He had a magnificent year last year. I mean, was, was right up there with, we're talking offensive stats right there with Volpe last year, obviously yeah. Volpe more dynamic, a shortstop. There's, there's more that goes into the prospect allure, but I mean, Nick York was a top 50 prospect just about anywhere you looked with the, because what he did with the bat as a high school guy, first round pick, everyone said, who is that guy? Didn't have a picture when he was selected. And I literally wrote an article saying the Red Sox or Nick York proved the Red Sox, right? I'm yeah. not willing to give up on this guy. And I'm very excited to see him get more ABs out there. Well, I'll, I'll let you chime in on him. I realized I didn't go through the rest of the names. Thad Ward, very interesting arm. Uh, I think has some electric stuff could be a good bullpen arm. Nico Cavadas, you mentioned, uh, Old for his level, but man, did he mash this year? Definitely deserves more of a look out there. Willier Abreu is a prospect that I think is much too underrated in this system. Came over from the Astros in that Christian Vasquez deal. He's got a blend of power and speed. I think he's going to put on display out there. And then some other arms in the mix. They've got Aaron Perry, Steven Scott, also Jacob Webb, who's a catcher, I believe. And then Ryan Zephyrjohn. Um, We'll start with York. What do you think? That's a loaded question. <laughs> uh, it's a really good question, though. I, I'm not sure what to think of York because the 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 K rate jumped marginally. Um, the walk rate dipped marginally. I think impact on the baseball, and you can speak to it like metrically, I, I think the way he was impacting the baseball really suffered this year. And I think that was the big thing. Obviously, he only played 80 games in high A this year, but um, you know, you take a gander at the isolated power number, and it's about 40 points lower than it was in low A for 76 games last year. And he was great in high A uh, in terms of impacting the baseball. So I feel like that's what took a step back. And, and to me, that just paints a picture of, of a player who is who is injured. Hurt. And yes. Yeah. You know, this wasn't big time change in whiff, uh, you know, just a, a loss of the approach. Uh, to me, a lot of it looks OK. And sure. Am I concerned? Absolutely. Because there was injury risk when he was drafted. He was a guy that had shoulder surgery in high school. Uh, but 
this, I chalk this up as a lost season. He has some time off now to get right. You talk about the, just how hard he's hitting the ball. 104 mile per hour, 90th percentile exit below last year, 102.7 this year. Um, I, I highly doubt that York lost his swing so much that he's hitting the ball, you know, 1.3 miles per hour less in his 90th percentile outcome. So like there's very likely been a bit of the the injuries holding him up and then probably pressing that's caused this to, to pile up. I'm looking at York to break out in this fall league. And I guess it's not breakout, but it's kind of just like resurge. Uh, I really think we're going to see that in this fall league. He'll get right. It's a good environment and he'll be able to to put up numbers there. He was also in an environment where everyone around him was mashing. And, yeah. you know, you look at Rafaela, you look at Cavadas who got up there. There's some other guys that were really putting up great numbers. That kind of causes you to press when you're supposed to be, quote unquote, the guy. We saw Volpe get off to a slow start. Uh, he overcame it. York didn't quite. Uh, and I, I do chalk a lot of that up to injury. Yeah, I, I think so. And you, you got to remember, like a lot of these blue chip prospects that are out here, they're the most talented hitters out there, you know, not just like at the high A level where they might have struggled. But, you know, you go out here and you've got pitchers that are either working their way back from significant injury or on their last legs of the season where they've already thrown 110 innings. And, you know, they might just be kind of like, you know, limping to the finish line here. Pitching is a different beast. Um, and I think that it should go to the guys that have yet to hit their quote unquote innings limit. Yeah. But I think York is going to capitalize on on subdued pitching here, much like Zach Veen, who we'll get to next time, much like Jordan Walker, who we'll get to next time. Like these are very, very talented hitters that are going to capitalize on inferior pitching. Absolutely. And it's just it's almost like simulated ABs. Just get right, you know, and just get back to, to what you can do. Um you talk about an older guy, maybe trying to get the innings limit or not, not get the innings limit, get more innings under their belt. Thad, uh, excuse me, Thad Ward fits that criteria emerged this year, battled, I think some injuries early in the season. You look at his fan graphs page. It's wild. Five innings at the complex, six innings in low A, seven innings in high A, and then 33 and a thirds in double where he, he really flourished. I, I assume some hmm. of that's rehab. Some of that is, you know, just kind of getting right, but we haven't seen him throw more than, I mean, 120 innings that came in 2019. Uh, but this is a guy who's got some good stuff. And I don't know if they plan to use him more as a reliever or a starter. The command definitely made some strides this year, struck out more than 11 per nine at the double A level. Uh, the thing with Ward, fastball, it's heavy in the low 90s, can get up to 93, 94. The slider is disgusting. He also can manipulate it to a cutter, uh, but the changeup is kind of distant behind. So either I feel like they're either going to have him out there trying to stretch out. And, and see if he can go five, six innings, or they're going to see how he leans into that sinker slider uh, relief guy and see maybe if he fits into the bullpen next year for them. Something to note, rule five guy. We exactly. shall see what happens. So he was left off the 40. This rule five is going to be loaded. So a guy like that, that'll be, Ward, an episode, and, and that'll be not, fun. Yeah, he's, he's not the only one. Um, this rule five is going to be very, very interesting. And that's why I'm interested to see if they try to use him more as a reliever and and see how he does in that role. And if he thrives in that role, okay, you know, protect him because you've got a month to decide yeah. whether he's on your 40 or not. Exactly. Exactly. Um, Will your Brayu came over in that Vasquez deal. Last guy we'll really dive into here. I ranked him pretty high in our top 
prospects traded at the deadline uh, because yeah. I I think there's more than what meets the eye here with William Abreu. I think he's a, he's a really talented prospect who could turn into a nice little piece. He is an above average runner with above average raw power. You look at the numbers on the season between the two teams he was with in double A. Look, there's swing and miss, but he walks a ton. He hits for the power, like I mentioned, 247, 399, 435 slash line. It's a 124 WRC plus, but he also swiped 31 bags, hit 19 homers. Uh, there's some things he needs to work out, but he's just turned 23 years old. Left-handed stick, looks like a platoon op- option possibly, is capable of playing all three outfield spots. Uh, I like the profile for a guy that they got as a second piece in that deal. I also got Emmanuel Valdez, who who looked really good as well in AAA. I like Abreu, and this is somebody that I'm interested to. It'll help me gauge exactly where he's at in this fall league because I'm ready to get excited about him in some ways, but I also acknowledge the risk. And if he falls flat in the fall league, can kind of help provide some context as to you know where he stands as a prospect. He's teetering right on that edge of being a you know a prospect or you know maybe a talented guy that maybe more of that organizational guy. I lean towards the former, and this is a cool opportunity to see if he is more of the former. Only guy in affiliated professional baseball with more walks this year than Willie Abreu is Juan Soto. <laughs> That's the only one. So Abreu walked 114 times uh, between double-A levels. Um, the Red Sox are sending two of the five guys with 100 or more walks in minor league ball this year in Cavadas and Willie Abreu, which is very interesting. Yeah. So uh, right. they preach patience with those two guys. Nico Cavadas, who is, what, does he have an AARP account yet? <laughs> He's not that. What is he, 24? He's 23. Three, he'll turn 24 at the end of October. Yeah, you're an ass. Okay. Next is the Yankees, and they're sending the Martian. Yes. Now, the Martian will be out there on some areas which are kind of like Mars. Um, The ball's going to fly out there. Uh, Jason Dominguez will get into. uh, He's really the only incredibly notable prospect that they're sending, you know, only top 100 guy. They're also sending Nelson Alvarez, a pitcher, Jorlin Calderon. Tyler Hardman is a big power bat that mm-hmm. could definitely use the ABs. Shane McNeely as well. Then Liam Mendez and TJ Rumfield. Uh, let's focus on Jason Dominguez here. I just wrote a piece and I've talked about it on the podcast over the last few episodes on how Dominguez has really made all the adjustments you want to see uh, and, and what he's done at the high A level to earn that bump up to the double a level. I mean, this is a different hitter than we saw last year. I think they want to just kind of see this momentum roll. And, and this is surprising in some ways, because I figured they probably saw enough after the adjustments he's made, but I think they really want to hammer home these, these swing adjustments that he's made and, and really get him locked in on that as they maybe try to fast track him a bit more to the big leagues. He's going to start next year in double. And I mean, if he keeps doing what he's doing, I wouldn't rule out a debut next year. Jason Dominguez is a really good hitter arm. Who would have thought? I wouldn't have. No, I mean, dude, the Jason Dominguez I saw, and this is why we don't swear off guys. I was very hard on him, but I was more hard on the perception of him, right? Like the, this guy's cause he's still, he's a really good prospect. He's not Mike Trout. He is not the next greatest player of all time. He's not right? Mickey he, Mantle. He's not Mickey Mantle. He's he's probably not even Julio Rodriguez, but he is a really, really good prospect who has basically hedged every concern we have. Um, the swing looks so much better, and it's a testament to the Yankees organization who continue, continue to develop their hitters, 
help them, help them adjust, help them make their swing work in ways for them. And look, we just continue to see case after case after case of them helping unlock super talented prospects with that consistent offensive output. I'm all in on Dominguez, honestly, at this point, which is so funny to say, again, not in on him being Mickey Mantle. I'm in on him being a very good player and a potential, you know, multi all-star. But that's a far cry from where he was at last year. You look at a lot of top 100 lists, he dropped off of them. He'll be high on ours. If you can comp the production to somebody, and I'm not asking you to give me a player comparison for Jason Dominguez, I'm asking you to give me a production comparison. Is Starling Marte a fair start? More power. More power. Marte, 18 bags this year. Dominguez, 37 in the minors, but obviously minor league stolen bases are skewed compared to major league bags. Um, More power than Marte. I'm floored by the bat to ball, by the way. Like all of a sudden now he's an above average hitter. Uh, All of a sudden now he's like this this guy that's not going to strike out a lot uh, because of the way he's been able to change his swing. That's a tough one, man. Um, Production wise, there's like, there's some shades of, of Kyle Tucker level production. You know, I, I think that's a possibility. How about Randy Arozarena? With less strikeouts, more walks. Yeah, a Rosarena. He's gonna be ba- I think he's gonna be better than a Rose. I think he's gonna be better than a Rosarena. Yeah. Huh. But I don't know okay. if he's gonna be quite as good as Kyle Tucker. But also Kyle Tucker didn't turn into the MVP this year that I thought he would be. I think like this Kyle Tucker is a very good player who's gonna make several all-star games, sneaky speed, can play all three spots, end up putting him in a corner. I do think Dominguez could end up in a corner still, though I think he's capable in center. It's really tough to peg. You're talking about a switch hitter with Big time raw power, but doesn't totally need to get into it, especially with the new approach that he has. He's gap to gap um, and and a good hitter. Uh, I think it could be similar to, to Kyle Tucker. Interesting. Cool. Let's go to real quick, Tyler Hardman. I don't know if you have anything on, on any of these arms. Hardman, 23 years old in high A, 22 pumps, also struck out 30% of the time. This is a guy that you're just trying to see if he can hit enough for the power to matter. Um, and, and there's an opportunity to see that in the fall league. You have anything on either of the arms before we go to the American league central? No, I don't boomer sooner. Brent Venables has the team, right? Tyler Hardman in Oklahoma sooner. Yep. Oklahoma sooner. He's a good college player and on the Cape as well. Big time power out there. Um, guardians, their players will be in Peoria. You've got on Martinez. Yeah. Very underrated middle infielder. Very uh, underrated. Very underrated. You've got David Fry. Mason Hickman, I hope I said this right, Connor Cox, K-O-K-X. Yeah, I've never Cox. seen a spelling like that. Pretty cool. And then Cade Smith and Lenny Torres. Um, Angel Martinez is one of the more underrated uh, prospects, I think, in baseball. I- I'm not sure how he finished the year. I can't pretend like I can keep up with everybody, but I know going into this year, Angel Martinez was somebody that I thought was was pretty underrated. I liked him relative to some of the other prospects in the Guardian system, but we're talking about a system that has a bajillion middle infielders. Uh, but Martinez is no slouch and um, very interested to see how he does. So I, I got to sit there and have a front row seat to Angel Martinez for a weekend when I went up and saw uh, Lake County play Fort Wayne um, at the high A level. And, and Martinez lit the world on fire in high A. He, his OPS dropped from about like 880 to 800 when he got to double A. Uh, but Martinez he's is... 20. A, yeah. Not only is he very, very young, but he's also one of these shortstops that has a little bit more power than you'd expect and less swing and miss than a guy with some pop um, that that you would expect. So 
Yeah, I mean, like Angel Martinez. Hey, he's another Jose Tana, Brian Rocchio. Like, it yep. just add him to the stable, and I think people are going to be impressed by a couple of swings that Angel Martinez takes in the fall league. Um, another one that I want to shout out is Mason Hickman. Yeah. Former Vandy guy. This yep. is a guy that just needs more innings. Big body. Big body can sit low to mid-90s with his heater um, and pounds the zone with power stuff. He's really impressive. Uh, absolutely. That was a name that I had recognized, and – you know, he's in the right organization in terms of developing. Uh, and and he's a big guy, like you mentioned. I think the stuff could easily tick up. He's six, six, what, two thirty, you said? Is that is that what he's supposed uh, to say? Big guy. Yeah, yeah. I'm not sure the exact measure. I didn't know if you said the measurement or not, but I mean he I, I see he's six, six, two thirty. Even though he's operating in the low nineties, you hope there's a little bit more in the tank there. Definitely a fascinating prospect in uh in Mason Hickman. Dude, can can we just take a moment to acknowledge that all these pitchers were in the Guardian system? Espino, Gavin Williams, Logan Allen, Xavier Curry, Tanner Bibby, who we just oohed and odd over, uh, Justin Campbell, Cody Morris, who's up, Tanner Burns, who else? Doug Nikhazy, Joey yeah. Cantillo, Parker Messick. I mean, this is wild that they it's have comical. all these dudes. It's comical. It's absolutely comical. Um, they are as good as anybody at identifying and developing uh, in that regard. There is no doubt about that. Uh Division rival, the Tigers, uh, they're sending some some good players out there. I think as many guys as anybody in terms of their top 30, uh, yeah. you look at Colt Keith, who, man, was he having an awesome year before going down with an injury. So very, very pumped to see him hopefully pick up where he left off. Dylan Dingler, a guy I know you love from Ohio State, you know, early draft pick in 2020, catcher who has all the goods to be a very talented catcher. Parker Meadows showed some really good flashes this year of being able to hit a bit more. Joey Wentz as well. Then Tyler Madison, who has good stuff, uh, a, a sleeper arm, big power guy, as well as Jack Anderson, Andrew Magno, and Gage Workman, who Workman really struggled in the early going with the bat, but phenomenal glove can play all over the infield and has raw power. So another player who could really use the reps, but I I'm torn between, I think I'm more excited to see Colt Keith than Dylan Dingler. And that's just because of how good Colt Keith was prior to going down with the injury, but also very excited to see Dingler behind the dish. Yeah. I'm excited to keep, see Colt Keith too, because you, you keyed me in on Keith right before this season started and watching the start that he got out to with West Michigan was mighty impressive. So we'll see if he can continue that again in a hitter friendly environment. Dingler, I'm always going to have a soft spot for because he is Varsho light at this point. Yeah. He, he's baby Dalton Varsho where he can catch. He can hop into a corner. He could play center field in a pinch. Yeah. Uh, he is developing into a good catcher and we saw him lighted up at the beginning of last year in high a he goes to double and he tries to learn how to catch at the double a level and it took him much longer to develop than it did spencer torkelson and riley green they got a bump up dingler stayed put and um played 107 games this year all with double a so we'll see if dingler is still that catcher of the future for the detroit tigers and i think that he is and then one more thing on gage workman this guy defensively <laughs> will give you the peace of mind that Hassan Kim yeah. gives San Diego, where he can play an exceptional shortstop and an exceptional third base. You're not worried about him. The only thing that you want that you don't have is the ability to hit consistently. And we'll see if he can develop and that I, I, close to home. I don't know if it's likely, but it, there's something in there. There's definitely some something to hope on offensively with Gage Workman. He's got the size, uh, left-handed stroke, 
there's some there's some signs of okay, I could see this guy putting it together. So uh that's the perfect candidate to send out there. Colt Keith, just a little to clue you in before we move on to the next team and what he did offensively prior to going down. What's really important too is he, he got the bump up from low A, was really good in low A last year, and gets the bump up to high A. Played 18 games there, 76 plate appearances. He was abysmal. It was a short stint and, and he wasn't quite ready, but he made some adjustments to tap into more power, got his lower half more involved, starts in high A again this year. And in 48 games, nine homers, 301, 375, 44 slash line. This is a great chance for him to build off of that and potentially start next season in double A. And I mean, he's still extremely young, just turned 21 years old, could be their future at third base or second base. I'm a big fan of Keith, and I think he's going to be a big-time riser. Another one with the way he performs in the fall league, we might be looking at him as a fringe top 100 guy because of all the noise that he's going to make out there. It just fits, right? He was great this year, Had was in the middle of a breakout, gets disrupted, and then just picks up where he left, left off in the, in the fall league. I think we're going to see a lot of helium with Colt Keith after this you know, fall league performance here where I think he's going to do well. You got any thoughts on Meadows or Joey Wentz? Parker Meadows, very big body. If the last name sounds familiar, it's because he's Austin's younger brother. Uh, 6'5", 205, moves really well for 6'5", 205. I saw him swing and miss constantly last year. I'm not sure how the numbers changed this year. But yeah, Meadows, if if something clicked, there's a lot to be had there frame-wise. So something did click. Uh, we look at what he did last year. You talk about the swing and miss. Cuts that down to 18% in AA this year. 275, 354, 466 slash line with 16 homers and 17 stolen bases on 19 tries. 10% walk rate, 18% K rate. I'm intrigued and I want to see more and we're going to get to see more. So yeah. that is huge. I believe a 40 or, or a, a rule five guy as well. So based on his performance here, they'll probably want to add him to that, to that 40 man. It would be ambitious to draft him in the rule five, but hell man, if I'm the Marlins and I see what this guy just did and, and you know, just the bloodlines, the talent, a team like that, that needs a bat, I'd take a shot. So if Meadows performs in the fall league, Tiger's got to find a way to, to put him on the roster here uh, because he is rule five eligible. Dude, that's wild. 2018 high school guys are rule five eligible. That's yeah, we're, it's been a while, man. It's been a while. Uh, Joey <laughs> Wentz. Great. I know you love your left-handed pitchers, but yeah, I mean, like fine. He was, he's a tweener. He's a quadruple a guy. Wentz, I think they just want to get more innings under his belt. He threw 53 and a third this year. Yeah. He threw 17 in the, in the big leagues too. Right. Yeah. Like, but that was early and then late. I, I don't know what he is. Um, we shall see though. Just, like that just is, get him innings. Just get him. Yeah. Innings. It's a triple a arm that needs more innings. Uh, Here's a group that I think you're going to, you're going to like, uh, how about the twins? You got Mm -hmm. Austin Martin Mm -hmm. who, look, I, I was not too keen on him out of the draft. And honestly, I'm, I've been, it's been tough to watch because he's been much worse than I feared. I mean, I, I, I really thought Martin could at least carve himself into in this utility role. This is going to be a big stretch for him to to try to prove that he's you know, more of a relevant prospect than he's become. I mean, MLB Pipeline has him ranked at twelfth now in that twin system that is you know much depleted than than it was before. Edward Julian, you love. I'll let you. I'll leave the floor for you there. But real quick, then we got Denny Bentley, uh, a left-handed pitcher. We got Alex Isola, a catcher. John Olson, a right-hander. Francis Pagaro, a right-hander, and Ryan Shreve, a right-hander. Um, Anything on Austin Martin? I mean, it's been a really brutal year for him. 
the power is non-existent. We kind of knew that that was going to be a concern, but what's even more concerning is that just the hit tool is non-existent. Uh, he's not striking out only 13% strikeout rate. He is walking, but I mean, he's just not hitting the ball hard enough. Bad bit of 280, just a lot of weak contact. 88 WRC plus and double A. Yes, he swiped 34 bags, but when you have a total of 18 extra base hits and 406 plate appearances with his kind of speed, I mean, man, you're, you're looking at, at this point, a, a utility guy at best, I think, unless something really clicks for him. I mean, he slugged 315 in 90 games this year. Slugged 315. A top five pick at a 685 OPS in double A, two years removed from being drafted. Three years removed from being drafted, right? Yeah. He was 2019. He was uh, 2020. 2020. So two years removed from being drafted. Yeah. Dude. And we were talking about how, you know, Blue Jays should be amped that he fell to them there and, you know, whatever. And it's tough. Obviously, you want to see him succeed. If he can't hit for any power there, I don't know where he's ever going to hit for power. This whole so, thing it, is blowing up in both their faces. Jose Barrios kind of sucks, and Austin Martin has been super yeah, underwhelming. Right, right. Woods Richardson has been has been great, um, which is which is funny, and he's probably going to end up being the the best piece out of that deal. Obviously, Barrios tonight. Oh hell yeah! Excited for your report there. I've heard Dan Stanby <laughs> heard, heard really good things about uh, how he's looked against some of the competition he's faced recently. The quote cool. I kept getting from different hitters was just difficult, <laughs> difficult to okay. pick up. Uh, which which I, I I love to hear. You want that's your job as a pitcher. Edward yeah. Julian, the floor is yours, Jack McMullen. Edward Julian, 113 games in double A this year, hit 300, slugged 490, had a 931 OPS, had a 441 OBP, and a 140 point jump from batting average to OBP, and he hit 300. Does this dude strike out a lot? Yes, he does. Does he walk constantly? Yes, he does. 19 doubles, 17 pumps, 19 bags. Julian hits the shit out of the ball, and he doesn't swing very often. I'm a fan of those kind of guys. Uh, Julian, he's not good defensively. You have made note of that. <laughs> um, even if he's a DH, he's a damn good DH, man. This is a middle-of-the-order hitter. I think, you know, he, he could get by at first base. Um, and I think that the power we talk about like Christian Encarnacion strand, which is funny because they've got Julian too. They traded Christian Encarnacion strand. I wonder if that's because of the presence of Julian, because they're, they're kind of cut from the same cloth. They had two of the same guy. Yeah. I mean, Encarnacion strand, a little bit more power, but Julian just a much better approach and a, a much safer profile. And I'd say probably a better defender. Like I think you could get by with Julian in second base. It won't be great, but you can get by, but I both of them are probably going to end up at first. And I, I like Julian as a safer option. Um, I agree. I mean, this is a very interesting prospect who could get up next year. And just another bat that, that these twins have, even though they've depleted their system in a lot of ways, 13% chase rate, 83% zone contact, the power you mentioned, a left-handed stroke that is really solid, does struggle left on left, could be a platoon guy. That's fine. He demolishes righties, a 1,031 OPS against righties this year. Yeah, I I think Julian is a major league regular. I really do think he is an everyday big leaguer because I, of the way he impacts balls and the way that he ekes out at bats. Yeah. I mean, it's so hard for pitchers to get him out. And again, a 440 OBP in double A speaks to that. 
Absolutely. Absolutely. And yeah, well on the Cape. And uh, if, if, if the defense is even passable at second base, now you got a much more intriguing prospect there. And I'm excited to watch the defense. Honestly, that's what I'm going to be watching a lot of at the, at the fall league is if it's passable, all of a sudden I'm in on this guy. Cause there's a little bit less pressure on the bat when you're not relegated to first, uh, but he could still hit to shoulder that load. White Sox, your Chicago White Sox, they'll be in Glendale and, um, Nothing too exciting here. Uh, Adam Hackenberg, catcher, going out there. I mean, okay. Moises Castillo, middle infielder. Declan Cronin, uh, a right-handed pitcher. Sammy Peralta, left-handed pitcher. Then a few other guys. Lane Ramsey, a right-hander. Chase Seleski, a right-hander. And Terrell Tatum, an outfielder. Um, Hackenberg, catcher with big raw power. Uh, That's about all all I got. Anything? Anything for you, Peralta, big strikeout potential, probably the most intriguing arm. I I don't know. It's tough because I really don't know much about any of these names. <laughs> it's fine. We're never going to, we're never going to pretend. Um, yeah. I mean, I just don't have much on those guys, to be honest. Yeah. Um, I, the one thing I'll say, Hackenberg is the most notable prospect. I think he's just on the edge of their top 30 by MLB pipeline. Uh, obviously not he in a position to be ranked by us. Um, 30 by pipeline. <laughs> He's 38. He's, he's related to Christian. Christian, I believe. Yes. The Penn state. Um, yeah. Brothers who were an NFL second round pick and an MLS first rounder as a defender. So ah, good uh, athletes, soccer and football family. How about that for Adam Hackenberg? Yep. Good for him. And you know, hope he can get something going offensively out there. Uh, we go to the angels, some interesting prospects, maybe not top 100 guys, but a couple, especially the middle infielders that they're sending. Very interested. You got Warner Blakely, shortstop. You've got Kyron Paris, middle infielder. And then on the pitching side, Ivan Armstrong, Kelvin, I hope I said this right, Sassaris. Then, oh my gosh, they're really making a challenging here with the Angels' names. Jack Kochanarowitz, Connor Van Skoyak, and Bryce Teodosio. <laughs> Holy crap. Um, fortunately, just focusing on Warner Blakely and Kyron Paris here. Uh, two guys that had pretty good years this year. Notable prospects have an opportunity to, to rise up the ranks a little bit more this next season. Uh, they both are, are pretty solid relative to most of the other bats that they have in this system. Start with Warner Blakely. You got anything on e- either of these guys? I know you met, asked me about Paris recently cause you saw the numbers and they looked pretty good. He's a, he's an international free agent guy that uh, is definitely talented that just, you know, had to get it all together. was very, very raw. Uh, you look at Blakely, also very young, 20 years old, uh, but put up a great year in low A. Was at the complex in 29 or 2021. This year, Blakely and low A as a 20 year old, 295, 447, 470 slash line, struck out 30% of the time, but very raw, young in his development, swiped 24 bags uh, and also mixed in five homers. Dynamic player, good tools. Another player who just needs to build off of that and just get more reps classic reps guy uh, interested to see how he looks. Yeah. I, I think I asked you about Kyron Paris because for some reason there's a lot more rocket city trash pandas content on my Twitter feed than I typically ask for. Uh-huh. And uh, they were very excited to welcome Kyron Paris, even though he struggled a little bit in high a um, low batting average, like under two thirty, um, OPS around seven thirty uh, in what, 89 games in high A, but he finished the year in Rocket City and he was amazing. Hit 360 in 14 games. So yeah, uh, this is a guy that is fast as hell, 28 bags at about 90 games in high A. So 
uh, you know that you're going to get a good athlete. And if you, you know, hit as consistently as you do at the double A level like that, I'm not asking him to hit 360 next year, but if he opens next year with Rocket City hitting 300, this team is starved for bats. Yeah. They need any bat they have. And Kyron Paris could be that guy. And it just, just explosive plus plus runner uh, that can play you know, all over the infield. Still just 20 years old. You mentioned that the strong finish of the season. There's a little bit of pop to dream on here, too. I mean, the 11 home runs and a little over 100 games is really encouraging. Still some more room to fill out. Um, that's that's definitely one of their more high upside bats that they have in this system outside of the recently drafted guys uh, that have some intrigue there. Almost on here, we got the Astros, who J.C. Correa, very fascinating prospect, brother of Carlos Correa, made the move to catcher this year, but they still play him at second and third. Had a pretty good season overall. Uh, Colton Gordon, a left-handed pitching prospect. You got Rhett Kuba, Matt Ruppenthal, both pitchers. Scott Schreiber, a first baseman slash outfielder. Then Jonathan Sprinkle, a right-handed pitching prospect. And Will Wagner, an infielder. We'll start with Carlos Correa's brother. J.C. Correa has had an interesting arc because... Also, having your brother in the organization and your brother leaves is kind of funny, but yeah. uh, Correa is is very fascinating. Yes, he repeated high A, but he also repeated it while learning how to catch. And that was a very interesting, I would say, just development things. And we've seen that happen a few times. Ford Proctor with the Rays, Bennett Hostetler with the Marlins, guys that may be a bit limited with the bat that want to increase their value and, and relevance to their organization. They make the move to catcher if they think they're capable. Correa... It was it was a little rough behind the dish, but was able to still be productive offensively. We'll see if they want to continue the experiment or if they like the bat enough to move him back to the infield and, and have him just be that kind of utility guy. But what he did this year in, in high A was pretty impressive, Jack, regardless of age. 309, 364, 446 slash line. Walked more than he struck out. Only struck out 8% of the time. Eight yeah. homers as well. Um, that alone gives you that utility potential if you can keep that kind of profile going. Not saying th- hit 300, but low strikeouts, a lot of contacts, get on base at a decent clip. If he sticks behind the dish, very relevant prospect. And, and if you're looking for the slugging, you're not going to find it by him hitting balls over the wall. He hit eight bombs this year, but he had 29 doubles in mm-hmm. 105 games. So um, he is a good hitter. And, mm-hmm. and if you hit, you hit. That's kind of the Carlos Correa mantra, right? I mean... What did Correa do that was necessarily eye-popping offensively? It's not like he hit the tape measure shots at all times. His thing was clutch homers in the postseason, but also just consistently hitting. This year is kind of the one time that Carlos Correa has not hit when he's been on the field. The knock on Carlos was he's not on the field enough. When he's on the field, there are really no questions about him until this year when he's getting paid $36 million. Um, With his brother, like, there's not many questions offensively. I feel like the question is, where is he going to play the other half of the game? I, and, and that's, that's the thing with Correa. I, I have to watch more defensively. I'm very excited to see him catch, but if, if JC Correa is a decent catcher, you've got a really good pack for that position. He's a great athlete. He could develop there. That's somebody that fits this to a T as well, right? Just, Catch, catch, catch out there as many games as you can. And he's going to do that. Will Wagner, uh, son of Billy Wagner, Ooh. which is which is pretty cool. Wagner, he puts the bat on the ball uh, and he has just a good feel to hit and get on base. The tools aren't great, uh, but bloodlines, good feel to hit, good baseball instincts. We'll follow him. I'll absolutely follow him. 
Uh, any anything on any of these arms or anybody else that you wanted to discuss? I don't think so. I this will be the first time I really get a consistent glimpse at any of those guys that you brought up. Absolutely, the A's are sending a hell of a group, uh, and I'm excited. Zach Geloff, who is right on the edge of being a top 100 prospect. If you listen to the interview that we just did with Kyle McCann of the A's organization, he said Geloff's one of the most impressive players he has played with. The way he just hitting comes so easy to him. Geloff's younger than him. And he says he picks Geloff's brain on hitting all the time. Definitely go check out that interview with Kyle McCann, catcher in the A's organization. He was awesome, Uh, but he just raved about Geloff and He's somebody that's, I think, in the top 100 for for a couple of different uh, outlets, and he can really just hit. JT Ginn came over in that trade for uh, Chris Bassett. Yep. Highly regarded. Not quite the guy that we were hoping, but but ground ball pitcher, heavy, could be a yep. solid back end of the rotation starter, just needs more innings. Denzel Clark has as much upside as anybody that's going to be sent out there. Insane athlete. Big raw power showed it with a phenomenal second half relative to what he did in the first half. Very, very excited to see what he does out there. Ryan Cusick came over in the Matt Olson deal, former first round arm by the Braves. Not a huge fan of Cusick. Uh, I really did not like the way the A's attacked that that package there. But Cusick has reliever floor, big guy at six six, power arm. I think they'll probably try to work on the command there because that's far off. Lawrence Butler. Really exciting bat as well. Limited to first base or a corner. Had a great year overall. Uh, Mason Miller is a very solid right-handed pitching prospect. Colin Palouse, another very solid pitching prospect who I think they want to kind of see here who's going to separate from the bunch in the pitching department. Then Michael Goldberg was a solid college bat. Saw him on the Cape. uh, Has put up some decent numbers. Uh, Just another guy that I think they want to get a better pulse for. Uh, This is as good of a crop that any team is sending out there, I think. And uh, just a ton of relevant prospects here that I, that's a team in Mesa that I'm excited to watch. Yeah. hundred percent, man. And and just flying through them, like with my quick elevator pitch on each of these guys, Zach Geloff, underwhelming statistical year, but a very professional hitter. He would, if he was in the A's starting lineup today, he would survive. Yeah, he'd hold his own. He wouldn't thrive, but he would survive. And that's kind of what he did at the minor league level this year. He survived. I think he'll survive at each spot. And he just needs to, like, you know, go to finishing, go to finishing school. Like, you know, 100 more ABs is going to be great. And here, you know, unlock, try try to lift a bit more, try to unlock a bit more power. He's got some raw pop. This is a place to do it. There's a place to, to tinker a little bit. 100%. 100%. JT Ginn, um, kind of similar to Bassett, where he just like lives belt and below and gets a ton of ground balls. Um, you know, when, when he's at his best, he can go seven innings, strike out three, and roll 15 ground balls yeah. to get 18 outs. Um, so, you know, we'll see what Ginn wants to do. Denzel Clark struck out a ton with Lansing. Um, that was his second stop. He was in low A Stockton. Then he got the call up to high A. He got there. The batting average dipped to just above 200, just above 200. And then um, he, he struck out a lot. So we'll see what he can do. But freak show athlete. Lawrence Butler, I think, slugs a good bit. Excited to see that. Um, and then Palouse, I was kind of impressed by the outings that I saw from him He's- last year. ERA inflated this year in a tough environment. 
Yeah, I, I think I think he's a depth arm. I think he's that like number six guy for you. Who you know, if you're if you need him to be your number five for a season, I think you can step up to the plate and and, and be that guy. I'm in, in, interested to see how Palouse continues to develop there. And uh, you, you talk about the inflated ERA, tough environment. It's going to be a tough environment again, but uh, just an opportunity to get some more innings. We'll go to the Mariners here. Mariners are sending some sneaky talent out there. Their system's not near what it used to be, but they develop very well. They're going to send Adam Mako out there. Is it Mako or Mako? Nasty left-hander. I know him as a prospect. Still not sure. I'm going to go with Adam Mako. Looks like Mako. Nasty. I think he's a reliever long-term, but nasty left-hander who I think could, could be in their bullpen at some point next year. Alberto Rodriguez is a name to watch. Outfield prospect, super talented, has top 100 upside. Uh, definitely one of their favorite guys within the organization, one of their favorite young hitters. Brian Wu has been emerging. I'll get into him in a second. Right-handed pitching prospect. Robert Perez Jr., first baseman, uh, pretty well-regarded within the organization. They like his bat. Uh, Ty Adcock, right-hander. Jorge Benitez, left-hander. Jose Caballero, infielder. Spencer Packard, outfielder. And Juan Fenn, uh, a right-handed pitcher. Brian Wu is someone I want to focus on here. He said a really nice year. Didn't throw a ton of innings, uh, but I mean, the strikeouts are there. 57 yeah. innings between low A and high A. He's 22 years old. Was a sixth-round pick in 2021. He punched out 84 in those 57 innings. He's got great stuff. Walk 22, not egregious. You want him to work on that, build off of that. And the stuff is crazy. Reliever floor, hoping that he can stick as a starter. And he's going to continue to try to refine the mechanics as he gets more innings under his belt. But Wu is a name to watch. Well, 57 innings, four homers against him too. So he's not necessarily susceptible to the big ball, which is very good to see from minor league arms, especially in environments like that. So he you know, was, was in Arizona. He was in Modesto. He was in Everett, all three of those places, hard and throw just four homers against him in 57 innings is mighty impressive. Absolutely. And, you know, similar to Owen white and some of the guys that have really good stuff that didn't have the innings under their belt last year, this is a chance for him to really show the stuff because there's not that many nasty, nasty stuff guys getting out there. It's more of those either quadruple A arms or younger guys that need more innings. Those guys might fit the nasty category. Wu might be one of the nastiest prospects out there along with Adam Mako. Last team. And this team is also probably sending as much intrigue as possible over to surprise Arizona, which is funny as well. Luis Angel Acuna. Yep. Middle infielder. Yes. Rangers. We're talking about the Rangers. Did I say Rangers? What did I say? No, you just you just said very interesting. You didn't oh, say the wow. Rangers. I'm brain dead. I'm sorry. Rangers out in Surprise, Arizona. Uh, that's my fault. Good catch. Luis Angel Acuna. Yes. What a year he had, of yes. course, related to Ronald Acuna. Uh-huh. Supremely talented. We'll get to him. Kumar Rocker. We haven't seen him throw professionally outside of the indie experience before the independent ball experience before getting drafted. We've not seen him throw as a member of the Rangers organization. Aaron Zavala, what a year yeah. that guy had after being drafted in the second or third round out of Oregon. Talked about him in the 2021 draft recap. I believe it was second round uh, second a couple round, episodes ago. Whew, he has been one of the best hitters in the minors this year. Yeah, Cody Freeman. Chase Easley, Trevor Hover, who came over yeah. in that Joey Gallo trade. He's got big upside, a lot of swing and miss. Jake Latz, left-hand pitching prospect. Nick Starr, right-handed pitching prospect. Great. Grant Wolfram, left-handed pitching prospect. Acuna. Man, he's been better than I thought he'd be. I thought there was a lot of uh, Acuna hype 
around him, which is always going to happen. Anytime you have the brother of, of a player, that always tends to happen. Acuna fell off in double, but he's mm-hmm. extremely young, had only really played one season so far professionally as a 19-year-old in low A where he was solid. This year in high A was spectacular. Then in 37 games, struggled in double A, but still managed to steal bases, still managed to, to play some decent defense and kept the strikeout rate in check. It was really just the batting average that took a hit. I'm not really worried about him. I think he's going to settle into double next year and now being able to work through some things in the fall league, then get back to double next year. He's a big name to watch. It's so funny because he is a spitting image of Ronald. He is. If you took Ronald's face and pasted it onto Ozzy Albies, body miniature <laughs> middle infielder with Ronald Acuna jr's face. Like that is, that's what you see when you look at Luis on Acuna. So, uh, yeah, I'm I'm curious to see how he does. You're right. He kind of got blown up in double A and it, it, the slugging just diminished in double A. Like he was not he was not, you know, producing much no. at all. No, levels. but at least he wasn't striking out egregiously. Um, he was still able to remain productive on the base path, still left the yard a few times. I think he's really gonna bounce back and, and look good in double A next year. Aaron Zavala, I'll get to Rocker yeah. in a second. Aaron yeah. Zavala. What a year and a guy that I think I'm, I'm sold on what he did this year. Love the bat, love the tools. He was probably one of the most incredible surprises out of that draft class out of Oregon really didn't hit for power at all at Oregon, even his final year hit nine. And that was far cry from anything he done. I don't think he hit more than two any season prior. And so far this season, or I guess now that the season is over for him, he had 16 homers. So at 14 bags, more importantly, just a really good approach walks a ton. Doesn't strike out too much at about a 21% clip walks yeah. at about a 16% clip. And he slashed 277, 424, 53. It's a 141 WRC plus. So he's going to hit a lot of doubles. He's going to mix in homers. He's going to sneak you some speed and some stolen bases. He's going to play some good defense in a corner. I'm a big fan of his. And he's a name that I think is going to quickly rise and rise and rise in the prospect world. I think he's a lot stronger than a lot of people give him credit for. I, I think that he's a well-built outfielder. I think that he's going to be durable. I think that he's going to hit for some pop. I'm trying to to comp a frame to you. I can't do it. Just know that he is a sturdy outfielder that can move well. Absolutely. Absolutely. And, and should climb quickly. And yes. this is one of those, he's the perfect candidate to destroy the fall league. Oh, yeah, dude. Bladé. Like, he, yeah. he's kind of this... Would you be shocked if he was this year's Blade? I, I think, yeah, no, not at all. I, because he's got the hit tool. He's a doubles guy with sneaky pop. That doubles is going to turn into more homers out there. So he wasn't playing in all the time, the most hitter friendly environments, especially in the beginning of the year. So I, I, I love that. Kumar Rocker stages yours on, on Kumar. Um, <laughs> that's must see TV. Every time he pitches, I'm tuning in or I'm, yeah. I'm going to be there. But even if I'm not there yet, when he pitches, I'm tuning in. This is, he will be the most watched player in the Arizona fall league. And that's saying a lot because the national league is even more loaded than the American league. When we do that next episode tomorrow, the prospects that are being sent over in the national league are crazy. But I mean, how, what are you looking for from Kumar rocker? Bro, he's Zion Williamson. <laughs> when he's on the floor, it's must watch. Mm-hmm. When Kumar is on the hill, it's must watch. I'm looking for a no hitter with 17 strikeouts against Duke in the Super Regional in the Arizona Fall League. That's what I'm looking for. Hey, it's funny you brought that up. Actually, Mike Rothenberg was supposed to stop by the office today. If he was outside the door and heard that one, he would have been wouldn't have been happy for you to bring that one back pissed. up. 
very traumatizing, uh, I think, for them. Um, but that but was I mean, that was a historic outing. I watched the whole thing. I mean, it was one of the best collegiate performances we've seen. He's got yeah. that. He's got that it factor in him. And, you know, it's just about health and a little bit of pitchability. Both of those things, I think we're going to find out a little bit more of in this and this uh, opportunity in the fall league. I wonder how much they're going to stretch him out, though. Yeah, I feel like a lot. I, like, don't you uh, want to stretch him out here? I don't think they will. I think he'll go two, three innings at a time. Um, you're not going to see Kumar. You're not. You're not going to be line score hunting. You're not going to look for oh Kumar five innings, two hits, no runs, eight punch outs, one walk. You're yeah. not going to be looking for things like that. What you are going to be watching for with Kumar Rocker is he's still got that slider that he had in college. Oh, that fastball still that's, plays like it that, did in college. That's yeah. that's what I'm looking for. I know the breaking ball is going to play. How much hop does the fastball have and how long is he sustaining that velo? And that's the big thing to watch. And based on what we saw he was doing in the Atlantic League, it's still there, man. It's 97 to 98. It sits 97 to 98. So I... He's as must watch as, as TV is going to get this fall for me. Yeah. That's not the postseason. Absolutely. Very much looking forward to that. We'll do the National League rosters tomorrow. Um, apologize for any miss, uh, I guess, mispronunciations here. We are going through a lot of names and to be honest, several of which I have no idea who they are sometimes. So uh, we're, we're doing our best on that front. But I, I imagine you don't want to hear about most of the names we can't pronounce yet anyway or, or enunciate anyways, because probably haven't really heard of them either, uh, but yeah. very excited to talk about the National League and how loaded some of these prospects are. If you could take a second to rate the podcast, let us know how we're doing, help us grow the show. We'd really appreciate it. Jack's going to go run and watch. I think you get your first look at Indy today. Uh, first look at Indy against Simeon's or against Simeon Woods Richardson. That's a tough one. That is going to be a tough, tough one, one for him. Uh, we'll have him from the right side in this one, right? So, or excuse me, from the left side. I mean, excuse me, side. but uh, very excited to see how he does against a very tough and polished pitcher there. That'll do it for this episode. We'll let you go. Have a great call, Jack. We'll talk to you tomorrow about the National League prospects headed to the Arizona Fall League. mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.